this week, haven't we? I, I think most of you got one of these, didn't you? If you didn't, we ran out. But I'm going to be over at the ABC with my wife, and I've got some cards. If you didn't get one, I'm going to be there for a couple of hours from until I fall asleep. So come on over there uh, after the meeting. There's some wonderful resources I want to share with you. And uh, if you didn't hand to the ushers the little slip so that you can get that three-part video series, you know, on the radical prayer, fill that out. And if God's impressed you, I'm just so amazed at the sacrifice of this team. And I'm praying for 300 people that God will use to impact the world, to take down the strongholds of the enemy. If you want to learn about that Gideon's Band, you just write Gideon's Band on that request and, and I'll write to you and share with you a vision God has given to me for the finishing of his work. But I'm just so thankful we can share those resources with you. I've got some other bad news. The, the presentation I want to share tonight is actually a six-part series. <laughs> and they've only, I've only got 20 minutes. But I... I, I do have some resources over there if you come over after the meeting that I'd love to share with you. You see, uh, when we decide, follow with me from what we've been studying, when we decide on Thursday night that Jesus is not just another teacher, but he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, when we surrender all of us to him in response to who he is, and then, as we studied Friday night, we realized, and I was so inspired by Justin and Kerry and, and their witness, that we're not here just to sit around and stay out of trouble until Jesus comes. That God wants to use us as harvest workers to impact the world. Amen? Yes. We have a work to do. And, and, and he gave us this precious gift of going, standing under his uh, authority and surrendered to his that we can pray in the name of Jesus. And, and I was so blessed every time I share that message. I say, yes, thank you that we can pray. And so many came forward, Pastor Gary. At the end of the service, we were praying in the name of Jesus. And God was working in supernatural ways. And I'm so thankful for a conference where God is welcome. We're not talking about emotionalism. We're not talking about religious shows. We're talking about letting God be the mighty God He is. Well, I want to tell you, if you're willing to join Him in that work, Satan will target you. Did you hear what I said? Now, some of you will say, well, then I'll just try to stay out of trouble till Jesus comes because I don't want Satan to target me. Well, I want to tell you something. In fact, Pastor Gary Moore, you shared with me right before the meeting that Jesus said, I send you out as sheep or lambs among wolves. But it says the disciples returned with joy because greater is the one who is in us than the one who's in the world. And no weapon fashioned against us can prosper. But you have to understand the message of tonight. Because if you go out in your own strength, you will be demolished. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we just want to say thank you for the blessings of this week, for the blessings of this Sabbath. You've told us as you send us out, we go as lambs, among wolves. But you have given us 
the offer of supernatural protection. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless my speaking and bless our hearing that we would go here, from here, strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That we would go knowing that our great Savior is also our mighty deliverer. And we would go in His strength unafraid to follow wherever Jesus leads. Speak to our hearts tonight, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. It was about 11 o'clock at night when the phone rang. Now, normally I'm asleep at 11 o'clock at night, but we had some students over at our house at Southern Adventist University. We lived about four miles from the campus, and we were together there and some other friends, and the phone rang, and it was my friend, Steve Narati. Some of you may even know Steve and Laura. And Steve said, Derek, can you come down to our house to pray? He said, we have a problem. There, there were several students who'd come to his house, and and they were closing Sabbath, and they were in a circle in prayer. And as they prayed around the circle, they came to this one young lady. We'll, we'll call her Sonia. And, and Sonia was not able to pray. Now, they did not know the battle that was going on in her heart. But one of my students carelessly got up and walked over to put his arm around her to pray. He was not spiritually protected, but he went to put his arm around her, and she pushed him across the room and began to twist and turn restless. Now she's laying on the floor, and Laura Narati is nursing her head, people around her saying, call out to Jesus. She says, I don't understand what you're saying. And Steve is on the phone. Derek, can you come down and pray? Well, I've learned something. When you go into battle, you need to pray for protection for your family, brother. So I got my family together. We prayed, and we prayed in the name of Jesus. I didn't understand everything about standing under his authority, surrender to his will. I'm glad that Jesus heard anyway. But I prayed, and I went down to Steve and Laura's house. I didn't know this, but for the next hour, my family continued to pray. Thank God someone's praying. They prayed as I went down that long driveway and across Stanford Gap Road and down to Laura and Steve's house. And when I walked into the house, I could sense confusion there as, as here was this young lady tossing and turning on the floor. And I thought, what should I do? And I thought, I need to pray. So I went over and I knelt down by her foot. And I was going to place my hand on her foot and, and just pray in the name of Jesus. And as I reached out my hand, she reared up, like she wanted to tear my head off of my shoulders. Now, I don't have a lot of hair on my arms or neck, but it all stood up. <laughs> and I was afraid. And I had a choice to make at that moment. Was I going to focus on my fear or focus on the Savior? The battle was real. And I'm kneeling at her feet. And then a voice spoke out of her mouth and said, She opened her life to me. 
By the way, later, after this young lady had been set free by the power of Jesus' name, she told me when that voice spoke, in her mind she said, Oh, God, I never thought it would come to this. You see, two weeks before, this young lady, valedictorian of her class, nursing student at Southern Adventist University, two weeks before, she'd become angry with God. Now, is there anyone here who's been angry with God besides me? Okay, yeah. You know, God can handle your anger. Things go wrong. You can say, God, I'm angry with you. You've had your children, perhaps, if you have them. They get angry because you didn't let them do. But you don't stop loving them. You do not push them away, do you? You hold them close to you. They get over their little bit of tension, right? You love them. But this young lady made a very foolish decision. She said, God, get out of my life, and I'm not coming back, and I'm going to break all of your laws. That's a dangerous thing to say because there are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. It was Sabbath. She went angry to the Hamilton Place Mall. That's near the campus of Southern Adventist University. And she went and randomly bought things. In your face, God. Now, I know there are lots of people who go shopping on Sabbath, and they're not under the control of evil forces, right? They don't know. But when you go and shake your fist at God, there is satanic activity. Her heart, she said, became hardened. She still went to the Bible study group, but, but she was cold and hard, but she, and she couldn't pray. And then that night, when someone carelessly came and, to pray, unprotected, she's pushing him across the room. And a voice speaks. She opened her life to me. I'm kneeling at her feet. Again, I have a choice to make, don't I? I can focus on the fear or I focus on the Savior. Amen? Amen. I've got a choice to make. You can't fight with the weapons of this world. Spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms... And a text of Scripture flashed into my mind. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to take your stand against the wiles of the devil. The text flashed into my mind, and I I remembered it, and so I began to pray. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't know that text, I had hidden this word in my heart, the Spirit of God. You know, Jesus promised if you hide the word in your heart that the Spirit of God will bring that word to your remembrance. That's in John 14, verse 26. The Spirit of God will help you. This text flashed into my mind. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For, Scripture says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. And I want to tell you, if you decide that you want God to use you to impact the world in preparation for the coming of Jesus, you will become a target of the enemy. You need 
spiritual protection. And the Scripture says, take up, put on the whole armor of God. I'm kneeling at her feet, but I know that this young lady, she knows Jesus, the truth of Jesus. She's now under satanic attack, and so I'm going to pray. And so I begin to pray, Lord God, I pray that you would cover her with the belt of truth that you would cover her with the breastplate of righteousness, that you would cover her with the gospel of peace on her feet. Now, I'm praying this, and I know some of us are skeptics, and we say, how can just praying that make any difference? But I want to tell you, after this young lady was set free by the power of Jesus, she testified to me. She said, Pastor Derek, she she called me doctor because that was my academic title there. She said, Dr. Morris, every piece of the armor that you prayed, new strength came to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. The shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I'm praying that. And she she told me later, every piece of armor that you prayed, new strength came to me. I don't understand it, but I believe the Word of God. And we need spiritual protection. We need to be praying for ourselves and for those we love. We need to be praying for those who are not praying for themselves. Finally, as I prayed the armor of God, I had never done this before in this kind of spiritual battle. But God showed me. He told me, not some little mantra to say, but to believe the word of God. I prayed the word. And finally, this young lady cried out, Jesus, save me. (laughs) And Jesus set her free. Well, she was so happy. She was praising God. And she said, her first, do you know what her first response was? She said, we need to pray for other people that they can be protected from the evil one. So they gathered a group together. And I could see them. I was right there in Lawrence Steve's house. They gathered in a little group and they began to pray. But something happened. She testified to me later after she had been set free She came to my office and she told me all of these things that had happened. She said, when we were praying in the circle after I had been set free by Jesus, she said, that evil spirit came right up to me again. And at first I was tempted to be afraid. But then I began to praise God because I knew it could not enter me because I was covered with the armor of God. I went back to my Bible again, and I read something really important that I want to share with you tonight. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I want you to notice the two verbs there in verse 11 and verse 13. It says, put on and take up. What does that imply? Put on and take up. Action, that's right. God is saying, 
You want to be my woman, my man in this last day of earth's history? Well, I tell you, the enemy will target you. But you don't have to be afraid. You have to choose to accept the supernatural protection that I alone can provide. I want to challenge you tonight, especially those of you parents. Here's a, a young family right on the front row. I want to challenge you, young man. I want to challenge you to pray, pray protection for your family. Hmm? I want you to pray not only for physical provision for them, but spiritual protection. You stand for God, the enemy will attack. We need to pray cover. You've got brothers, sisters who are not praying for themselves. You pray for them. Someone's got to pray. Someday they may pray for you. Spiritual protection. We need to choose to accept the protection that God alone can provide in this great battle. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. The phone rang. I answered, hello? It was one of my students. He's a pastor now, Robert Quintana. He said, Dr. Morris, did I wake you up? I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Did I wake you up? I said, no. I don't know why we say that. I mean, it's like obvious they just woke us up. But, Hello? No. But I woke up pretty quickly when he said there's something happening in Talch Hall in the boy's dorm. Someone's there on the side of his bed. He's cutting his arm with a razor blade from his wrist to his elbow. And there's darkness there. Can you come over and pray? Well, I learned one important lesson from Jesus. <laughs> And that is that God doesn't ask us to be the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. So I don't have to go everywhere that someone asked me to go. So I'm going to kneel down and pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? My wife had woken up already with the phone. So we prayed together. And the answer was go. So I prayed cover for my family, brother, before I left that house. I prayed God to cover them with the armor of God, which will protect them against the attacks of the evil one. I got into my car. It's now about 2.15 in the morning as I'm driving the four miles around Stanford Gap Road onto what is now University Drive. I get to Talch Hall. Some of you used to live in Talch Hall. I want to tell you, I knew something was up when, when, uh, when the dean was waiting for me at the door. 2.15 in the morning, escorts me across the lobby into a stairwell, and there in the stairwell is a group of young men, and they are praying. Praise God. <laughs> They're praying because right through the wall there on the first floor, the room bordering the stairwell is Michael's room, and Michael's sitting there on the bed with blood all over his arm. They're praying for him. I gathered there in the stairwell. It's now 2.30 in the morning, and we're praying. By the way, this man under attack, he said he could see us praying through the wall, and he didn't want us to pray. But we pray anyway in Jesus' name. We're praying for protection, and we're praying for Michael. And then the door to the upper hallway opened. It was Michael's roommate. He looked down, and he said, he wants to talk to you. Well, I've learned something from the Bible. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out not by themselves, did he? He sent them out how? 
two by two. And so I turned to a, one of the students, a young man named Andrew Moreno. His life was changed that night, by the way. He's a preacher today. Andrew Moreno was so changed by what happened that night. I said, Andrew, will you go with me? He said, yes. We walked through the doorway, turned to the left, and turned into Michael's room. And Michael was sitting slumped over on a couch. You could feel the darkness in the room. Do you know what I'm talking about when you feel darkness? I'm not talking about could somebody turn the light on. I'm talking about there's darkness in the room. We could feel the darkness in the room as Andrew and I walked into the room. And there, there was Michael slumped over on the couch, blood on his arm. I went to put my hand on his shoulder. And he said in a monotone voice, don't touch me. So I kind of pulled my hand back because <laughs> he was a lot bigger than me. Don't touch me, he said. And I'm praying, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because we're not that smart, but the Spirit of God will help us. And a text of Scripture flashed into my mind. It, it surprised me. It, it was the story of the healing of a blind man named Bartimaeus. And I, I, at first I'm like... But, but in this story... <clears throat> The, the blind man is crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and turns to him and asks him a question. Do you remember the question? Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And that text flashed into my mind. And, and so... As I walk into the room, and, 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 and I tried to reach out, and, and what did he say to me? Don't touch me. And I'm praying, God, what do you want me to do? And the text flashed into my mind of this blind man and the response of Jesus. And so I turned to Michael, slumped over on the couch. Now, I'm not Jesus, right? So I'm not going to say, what do you want me to do for you? So what am I going to say? What do you want Jesus to do for you? And immediately he answered, help me to forget. Now, what's the first question that comes to your mind? Forget what? And you know what? It's none of your business. Huh? You spend the whole night talking about that? Let me ask you a question. Can Jesus, our awesome Savior, help people to forget? If he can't, let's just go home. Right? I mean, can he do that for us? Amen. Help me to forget. I don't know what it is. Can he help me? I said, Jesus can do that for you, Michael. Let's pray. So, Andrew, you remember the young student that came with me? We knelt down together, and we begin to pray for Michael. I don't remember all of the prayer. I didn't even understand fully all of the power of praying in Jesus' name back then, standing under his authority and all of that. But, you know, I'm glad he meets us where we are. And I'm praying with all my heart. I'm praying for Michael. And I said, Lord, you heard Michael's request. Help him to forget. While we're praying, he kind of, he kind of falls down off of the sofa onto the floor, and he kind of curls up in a ball. He's in a ball on the floor. And he's kind of making some, like, pain noises there. And, and I just kept on praying. <laughs> I prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Michael, he's laying there on the floor, and, and he, he looked up at me, and he said, 
can I have a hug? And I thought, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, when I walked into his room and went to put my hand on his shoulder, what did he say? Don't touch me. Now he wants a hug. And I looked at him, I thought, he could break my back. He's huge. I reached down, he could go. So I poked him to see if he was hard. I mean, it was boing, boing. He was not like, you know, he's like boing, boing. Hey, we do our best, don't we? I mean, we're not perfect, are we? You know, I've got to work through all this stuff. Nobody laying on the floor asked me to give him a hug before, and I'm trying to process that in my mind. So I reached down, put my arms around this big, strong guy. He's in his early 20s, nursing student at Southern. And as I'm hugging him, he whispers in my ear, Will he come back? I said, um, will who come back, Michael? He said, the dark man. Will the dark man come back? I said, how long has the dark man been bothering you, Michael? He said, since I was six years old. Every night, the dark man has come. I said, what happened to you when you were six years old? He said, my father committed adultery and he abandoned my mother and he abandoned me. That father who should have been praying protection for his family in this great battle between good and evil. That father's like, this is my life. I can do whatever I want. And he walks away and Satan seizes his son by the soul. And every night the dark man had come. Will he come back? <laughs> I pray every day that I can be filled with holy boldness. Pastor, Pastor Ralph, be bold for God. Now, sometimes I'm a little timid, you know. But I got really bold right then. I, a text of Scripture flashed into my mind in, in Mark's gospel where Jesus cast out a demon. Do you remember? He said, leave him and never enter him again. I got really bold in Jesus' name. Leave him and never enter him again. I prayed for that young man. Jesus set him free. Today, Michael is a professor at Southern Adventist University. He's married to a beautiful Christian wife. And my brother, he's got two beautiful little girls just like you. I'm assuming those belong to you, right? Because they're like sleeping on you right now, right? Do you think he prays for them? Huh? You think he prays cover for them? You know he does. You know he says, God, the battle's real, but I want to be strong in you. And I want to pray your, your armor to cover not only me, but to cover my family. He prays for them. And God is covering them. 
But after he'd been set free by the power of Jesus' name, a couple of days later, he came to my office. I want you to listen really carefully now. He came to my office. He said to me, Dr. Morris, uh, you remember when you came into my room? I said, yes. He, I, he says, you remember what I said to you when you went to touch me? I said, yes. He said, I didn't want you to touch me. In fact, he said, I wanted to hurt you. And I wanted to hurt Andrew, too. But he said, I could not because you were clothed with fire. <laughs> I was like... I couldn't smell it. But you see, when the Lord covers you with His protection, which to the angels is just a reflection of the glory of God, to the enemy, it is like a consuming fire. I wanted to hurt you. And I wanted to hurt Andrew too. But I could not. Because you were clothed with fire. I learned a lesson that night. I, I knew the battle was real. But I learned from everything that happened and from the experience with that young lady, you know. You can't go carelessly into this battle. You've got these wonderful glow tracks, you say. Um, our president, I know you're here somewhere, by the way. Sorry for th suggesting you went home yesterday. Uh, <laughs> you're out there, I know, aren't you, Elder? Yes, right there, thank you. I love the way you're encouraging them to take those little glow tracks with them. But, but they ought to go covered with the armor of God, right? Because the enemy is going to say, these people are going to tear down the kingdom of darkness. And I say, hallelujah. But you need protection. So can I appeal to you tonight to be strong in the Lord? Amen? In the power of His might? Can I appeal to you every day? When you pray and surrender all of you in response to all of him, when you say, Lord, ekbalo me, what does that mean? To, to what? Throw me out into your harvest. When you pray in Jesus' name, knowing that when you stand under his authority, surrender to his will, miracles happen. May you also pray, may I also pray, God, help us never to be so busy that we forget to pray. Lord, cover me with your armor. I want to be strong in you and in the power of your might. I'm not that strong. I, I, I'm just a lamb in the midst of wolves. But Lord, cover me with your armor. And, and, and while you're covering me, Lord, cover my spouse. Cover my precious children. And my children are 36 and 32. Do you think I still pray for them? And maybe God will bring someone to your mind while you're praying. Maybe a friend, a family member. And, and, and the Spirit of God will say, pray for her too. Pray for him too. Don't argue. Just pray. Pray that God would cover them. And, and I don't know. You challenge me on this if you don't think it's true. But this is what I believe with my whole heart. If you pray supernatural protection for someone in the name of Jesus, it will be given to them unless they willfully resist it.
Did you hear me? I remember a young lady angry with God. Can I pray for you, with you? No. Can I pray for you? If you want to, but not in my presence. Do you think I prayed? Absolutely I prayed in Jesus' name. She came back five weeks later. She said, my life was like a living hell. And finally I realized I've either got to abandon myself wholly to Satan or cry out to God. She cried out to God. Pray for people who don't even want to pray for themselves unless they willfully resist the gift of supernatural protection. It will be given to them because you prayed in Jesus' name. Amen? So here's my appeal tonight, and our time is gone. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Daily, put on the whole armor of God. Go out as a, a harvest worker. Ask God, show me what you want me to do to change the world as we prepare for the soon coming of Jesus. Let people know you're not ashamed that you're a follower of Jesus. He's not just another teacher. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. You tell them where you stand. And while you're praying for yourself, pray protection for someone else. I wish we had time to do that tonight. Can we take a few minutes just to pray before our president comes to close? We have a song first, don't we? A beautiful song. I just want you quietly now, just you and God. Is there someone that came to your mind that needs your prayer tonight? Is there? So You, you say, pa Pastor Derek, it's me. <laughs> then you pray. Say, God, cover me tonight with your armor. But if it's someone else, will you just be in silent prayer, please? Just bow your head now as the choir gets ready to sing. Just bow your head and bring that person before God. Say, God, cover them with your armor tonight. May they know tonight the supernatural protection that only you can provide.